All right, welcome. How are we doing? Good, 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 good. Um, I'm not one of the guest speakers this week. I am the pastor of this church. Oh, and it's good to be back. Gosh, it's good to be back. Um, oh, stop it. Um, you clap now. Wait, you haven't heard this yet. Um, um, but man, wow. Uh, just, oh, excited is beyond words. I think I went to bed probably around one. Um, and, and I remember seeing like two, three, and four. Um, it was like kid on Christmas again. I, it just, oh, it was good. It was good stuff. Um, if you have your Bibles, uh, grab those. Proverbs 3, 5 uh, is going to be our verse this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 is what we're going to look at. Um, but man, like I said, it is so, so good to be back. If you are uh, visiting with us, um, I would like to say this is going to get better, but I don't know um, if it will or not. I mean, we're, we're going to let the Spirit lead us, and we're going to be obedient to uh, what God wants to do in this place, and we're going to follow hard after Him. And um, what a Sunday will look like, who knows? We're just going to let Him lead. Um, and so what I want to do, though, before we kind of really jump in and, and get going, is kind of just, I guess, unpack for a second and kind of just share. Uh, and more than anything, just say thank you so much. Uh, thank you for letting me step away for five weeks. Um, it, man, it was good. It, it, it was not to be away, but just it, it was good to kind of unplug and just spend time with the Lord and just uh, spend time with family and, and friends and just and just to be able just to, to unplug and just refocus and just just get refreshed. And um, man, I'm just I am just so so grateful for that. I mean, your, your generosity. Uh, this church is letting me, letting me do that and take a sabbatical. And uh, as I talked about uh, five weeks ago, um, uh, just what that was and what that looked like and what that meant, just a, a time of just rest in the Lord. And uh, man, I just, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for that. For those guys that filled in and preached here, man, did they not, did they not? They were some good, that was good. Like I watched it. If you didn't think it was good, don't tell me. You just say yes and keep, we'll keep going. But um, man, they were good the way they brought the word and man, just, just show, yeah, yeah, we can clap for them. They won't hear it, but we'll clap for them. The Lord knows. But man, the, the things that they shared and the things that they proclaimed and I uh, mean, just, just good stuff there. And then, then the staff in this church, I'm telling you right now, you, you won't find a better staff in a church. Maybe the pastor, but the, the, the staff, like they're really good. And just, man, awesome. Thank you so much. I know Ashley's not in here this morning and, and Eric, he's gone right now with his family singing um, and leading worship at, at, at another church with his dad this morning, just special time there. But man, just, just the staff that we've got here. Uh, I know Don's back there too, keeping us uh, aligned financially and all that good stuff. But I mean, just the staff that we have in this place and the volunteers, uh, allow, again, all of this stuff has to work together for me to be able to step away and to be able to, to just take that time to refresh. And I uh, mean, those of you that serve in this place and give your life away week in and week out, thank you so much for that. And the trustees for, for your generosity of allowing me to, to do that and just uh, taking up the slack there and being willing to, to step in and do whatever's needed in my absence. Man, I'm just, I am grateful, grateful, grateful. And so excited to see what God's going to do. And so on my sabbatical, what I had the opportunity to do was to visit some other churches, to go uh, to other churches and just worship and just be refreshed and just hear the word. To, I had the opportunity to meet with some other pastors. I had uh, the opportunity to just kind of really just home in and focus in on my spiritual walk, my spiritual life. And like I said, the closer you get to Jesus, the more he starts to kind of show you some of that stuff that's maybe tucked in the crevice of your heart or those uh, kind of hard to reach places. And uh, it just kind of starts to show me and reveal some of that stuff to me. And just, just man, I've, I just had a really just good time in the Lord. Um, and then just my family got to spend a ton of family time, uh, just, just being with them and doing things with them and loving on my boys and my wife. It was just, it was just, it was good. It was just so refreshing. But I'll say this, it's dang nice to be back. I'll tell you that right now. It, it is so good to be back with family. 
Uh, I know that I, I was talking to someone right before I left, and they're like, now you're not going to preach anymore. I said, I'm, no, I'm not preaching on a sabbatical. Uh-uh. I'm going to read the Word and get in the Word, but I am there. No. And, and, and I'll just go ahead and, and just open or just break the ice. My desire, so you, you pray hard, but my desire for me here at this church is, is to one day retire. And, and I'm 37, so I've got a ways to go. So you might be stuck with me for a long time. Um, so I'm just doing that for you and your heart to prepare yourself. Uh, but that's my desire. I mean, my desire is to be in a place where I can pour my life. I mean, y- y'all are family. Y'all are family. My family's here. Your family, we're family. Uh, and and it, like I said, it was good to go and see, but I mean, man, it is so good to get back to family. You know, kind of like on vacation, you go, and after a few days, it's fun and it's good. But then like, like that getting back, man, it feels good to get back home. And, and that's just where I'm at, and this is how I feel. And so it's just, you're my people, and, and I'm just excited to be, to be back here. So I, so I miss y'all. I miss this. I miss the hugs, and, and I, I had to get over here and get me some hugs before I got up here, because if not, I mean, they, there's like certain people in here that can like call a timeout to stop this thing, and like these two right here are two of them that can do that. And so I, they, they have threatened me before, and I'm not about to, anyways, so it is just good to get, hug my people, see my people, and I know I haven't got to see everybody all, yet, but I mean, I'm, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon, so um, unless God has different plans to call me home, but um, anyways, I missed here. Gosh, I missed here. And it's good to be back. It is so good to be back. And I don't know what in the heck's going to happen this morning, but I know that I'm going to try to be faithful to what I feel like God's put on my heart to preach and proclaim. And so for me, what I want to do, my hope and my desire is this, is over the next two weeks, I just, I just want to walk through one area where I just felt, felt God just kind of like pressing on me. I just want to walk through that together. One area where I just felt God just said, maybe, Scott, maybe we need some attention here. Maybe we need to do something here. But I don't think it's just for me. I, I think this area is a good area for you as well, for the body, for the men and women who call new life home. I, I think that this will be really, really good for us because what I felt like is, is God kind of just in speaking to me and pressing upon my heart was, was this question, a very simplistic, simplistic question with so much depth. And the question that I felt like that he just kind of started with and just continued to to visit in my heart was this, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And I feel like that's the question God would ask us this morning, ask you, do you trust him? And I'm going to talk about here in a moment what that trust means or what that kind of trust is or what that that looks like. But but what I want to do first is I I want you to be thinking of that question and I want us just to pray for a moment. And thank you, dude, for, I mean, just leading us in prayer like that, focusing our heart around the reality of what prayers, like we don't pray just to fill a little time slot so we can kind of keep going, give you a breath to sit down, let them do whatever they need to do. No, no, we pray because we're going before the throne. I mean, that's worship. Church prayer is worship. And so I just want us just to spend a moment just praying here for this, for for this simplistic question, do you trust me? (coughs) And I want you to ask the Lord, God, what do you want to say to me this morning? God, what do you want to press on my heart this morning? What what do you have for me this morning? So I'm going to ask you if you'd just join me for a moment. Let's just just pray. Would you you pray with me? Father, we just, um, again, we just are in your presence. God, I just feel your Holy Spirit heavy in this place this morning. And God, by all means, please, please stay. God, by all means, would you speak this morning in this place? God, would you do a work in our heart, God, in my heart? And God, as simple as that question looks, as little and small as that question may seem, oh God, the meaning behind it, the reality of it, 
And so God, I pray this morning that you would get us to a place where we trust you. God, I believe that you've proved yourself over and over and over, that you've shown us over and over and over how faithful you truly are, that, that you are definitely worthy of trust. And so God, I say yes to certain things, most things maybe, but God, you know those areas to push. In my heart, in the hearts of the people here this morning, where maybe we won't so easily relinquish and give our trust and fellowship. So God, I pray that you over the next couple of weeks would press in those areas. That, that you would point out and stir up in us those places. Those places we don't want to talk about, those places we don't want to visit, those places that we want to just kind of leave left tucked away in the dark. And God, that you would bring it out to the light and that you would help us walk in trust even in those areas and help us walk in trust for whatever you may have for us wherever you may lead us whatever you want to do so then we pray amen amen all right so do you trust me see the words translated trust in the bible what they literally mean is this it means a bold confident sure security or action based on that security that's what the word trust means as it pertains to Scripture. When we look in the Bible, it's a bold, it's, it's confident. Uh, there's security and action based on that security. You move toward that reality and that security. And so trust is not the same as faith exactly. Trusting is, is what we do because of the faith that we've been given. That's what we do. We move in trust because of that faith. And so uh, the trust that I want to talk about this morning is not necessarily the, the, the trust as it pertains to uh, God and salvation, but more so the effects of that faith in a way of, of obedience and, and how we're secure and willing to follow Jesus no matter where he leads. Now, there may be some in this room that needs to take that step of faith and trust in salvation, but I want, us to, I want us to press past that just a little ways and look at kind of the, the what's next. I, I want us to look at that part of being fully in and confident in God's directing and leading. That's where I want us to land. And so trusting is believing in the promises of God in every circumstance, every situation, even when those outlooks may seem to be drab or those outlooks may seem to be impossible, even trusting him in those moments. Because church, trust is all about the one who is giving the invitation to be part of the journey ahead. It's handing over the keys giving him full reign and full control of whatever he would see fit to do. I want to I I try, um, try to illustrate it this way. So I'm going to need a volunteer. Don't, I mean, don't you even think I'd be gone and then come back and not need like some participation. So I'm going to need a volunteer. Who is the sorry sucker in here? Austin, join me. Everybody say, hey, Austin. Yeah, there's a clap. There's one clap. She's for you. There's two of them for you. Everybody else knows, like, dear Lord, what's he going to do to him? Um, so I want to try, try to kind of just illustrate this thought of, this thought of trust. We, we've known each other for a little while. We, we kind of knew each other for probably, about, what, five years-ish? We did Jerusalem Project together some when you was at another church, and so we kind of got to know each other a little bit, and it was kind of more like just kind of once-a-year type relationship. Yeah, Santa. It was yeah, very much like a, a Santa relationship. Um, so it was, it was one of those type of relationships. And then what happens is, um, I mean, we're in need of somebody to, to lead and come on staff here. And um, I hear that, that Austin is looking and we pray and we seek and it's working out pretty good so far, right? I mean, I've enjoyed it. 
You, okay, okay, I'm just checking, just making sure. <laughs> it's going to get really awkward if not. But anyways, so, so in that, but in that, knowing Austin, kind of having somewhat a relationship with him now, it's kind of fast-tracked and like we're together, I mean, all the time, I mean, weekly now, we're together. <laughs> Except, yeah, five weeks ago, I stepped out on you. He's still, that's good that he's bitter. See, he loves me. Um, so, so anyway, so, so we've got to know each other even more, things like that and all that good stuff. And so um, I w- would, would you say you kind of trust me? Yeah, he, he kind of trusts me. He trusts me. There's some trust there. We, well, because we've journeyed together, we've done relationship, we've hung out, we've done those type of things. Um, and so well, with that, I want to, um, okay, kind of illustrate for just a second. Let me get, I've got some props here. I know. Uh, oh, boy, yeah. All right. So what I need you to do is I need you to hold this here. Not on me, but on you like that. So if you could hold that there. Um, and let's go with this right here. No, no, we'll go with this one. First. Yeah, let's go with this one first. Okay, so um, this whole thought of trust is, is this, right? I mean, there, there's, there's an element of trust because he don't have a clue what I'm doing, but he said that he trusts me. You heard that, right? Okay, so he's, he trusts me, so he says, and so um, I don't know if you kind of know what I'm about to do, but um, yeah, <laughs> yep. So, but the cool thing about this is like, I mean, like this is an easy ball, right? It's just, I mean, it's just a dodgeball, kickball thing that you would do. I mean, we, um, this, I mean, they do it back in the children's stuff all the time. I mean, they kick at each other and hit each other, dodgeball. And so, um, so that kind of stuff. But I want, I want you to, I want to help your trust even more and help you feel more secure. So a little, a little um, tidbit about me. Uh, so uh, growing up in West Virginia, one of the sports that I enjoyed uh, was football, and soccer, whatever soccer was, if that's a sport. But anyway, so um, but growing up there, I did that. And so just to kind of make you feel a little bit more at ease, um, and my parents are in the room, so they can attest to this. Um, and, and from what mama said, like, I was the best she's ever seen. So, and the testimony of a mama goes much further than the tabloids, right? So anyways, um, so I played quarterback in high school a little bit. Now, we were a wishbone offense and ran the option a lot, but... I mean, I got to throw like twice a game, so I mean, I was pretty good, and I completed about 50% of those passes because the receivers couldn't catch. But anyways, um, but anyways, so I, I could, I mean, I could, I could launch it a little bit. I mean, I didn't have a big arm, but I was pretty accurate, I felt like. And so what I would like, I, would, I mean, would you, I mean, I could, you think I could? Sure, okay, all right, okay, so he's good with that one. All right, what about the bigger ball? You'll be happy. Okay, okay. The bigger ball I could probably do. Ah, what about this one? This is like a little like, I mean, this, this wouldn't, so, okay. And see, it's getting more toward my sport because it's a football, right? So a little more, I mean, this is my thing right here, dude. I mean, I haven't thrown one in like six, eight years, 20 years, but very far. So, but I mean, I still feel like I could, I mean, 37 in the body, but still 15 in the mind. Um, why did you laugh at that? So, just kind of, I mean, because of there, um, I, I think, I think, we'll, we'll, so now let's move up a little bit to the harder. You, would you feel pretty secure, trust me to, with the real thing? Knowing, I mean, he's wearing glasses even. All right, okay. All right, I'm just checking. What about with, now I wasn't a baseball guy, but I mean, look how big that is compared to that. You'd have to be able to. All right, let, let's up this a little bit. All right. They are scared to death for you, I think, or excited to see what happens. Let's do this. 
And I'm not going to go with that big stuff. That's too easy. Way too easy. Now, I'm thinking, baseball may be too hard. But I'm thinking, dude, like I said, I could, I mean, I was pinpoint back in my day. Let's up it a little bit more. This is getting better. And since I am a good guy, I will. You're welcome. Set those guys there. These are clean socks. I couldn't find like a blindfold, so. A little funny. Well, they were Brodies. So I will do this like this. Okay, we're good. Now, is there still a level of trust? Go for it. Okay. All right. Good. Good. I'm just. I'm just checking. I'm just. I'm just wanting to make sure that we're good and everything's. You hold that thing there. You just don't flinch. Don't move. Don't. Don't worry about anything, Austin. I promise that this won't. I'm just joking. I wouldn't do that. All right, you're good. I, I'm not really going to throw it at you. I'll let you take that off. But I just wanted to illustrate for a moment. Austin, thank you so much for that. You're good. <laughs> and half your beard's missing. But, no, I'm joking. But what, what I wanted to do is I, I just wanted to, I don't know about you, but, but for me sometimes I, I kind of feel like that with the Lord. Like, I know what he's capable of, I know what he can do, I know what, I know what, what he's able to do. And again, I, I trust him for salvation. I mean, I trust him with the soul of my life, my eternity. I trust him. And, and so for me, I mean, like, like the, the big things that I know that he's really, really good and really, really easy for him, which, I mean, all things are easy for him. This is kind of a roundabout here for a moment, but, but like, like, okay, I can see it coming, I understand, I get it, I'm, I'm trusting him in that, I, sure, and then sometimes it gets, goes from there to the big box to uh, maybe, maybe something a little harder, a little smaller, a little more intensified, a little more focused in and precision type stuff that, that, that maybe I thought that I trusted him in and I was okay with, but, but maybe not, and so he brings out the hardball. And he starts to press a little bit on, starts to reveal a little bit on. And then sometimes what happens, even in the midst of that with the hard stuff, is he'll bring, there'll be this. The little blindfold moment, kind of just doing my thing. And in the midst of doing my thing, still following him, loving him, pursuing him. I don't have a clue what he's doing or where he's leading. I know he's moving and working. But I'm not 100%. And then, and then whenever he brings out, I'm in that moment, and I hear that, I mean, look at this. You don't, you don't touch that with just anything. You know what I'm saying? You definitely don't take the guard off. You never take the guard off. Uh, I mean, this head does not look good bald. There's many of you out there that do, but this one don't. And I guess as I was just thinking and as I was just pondering that question, as I felt like he's pressed upon my heart over the last five weeks, that sometimes trust, it feels like that. Like, like what's he going to do? I mean, because Austin didn't know if I was really going to throw the ball or not throw the ball. I mean, he probably knew that I wouldn't shave his beard in front of everybody, but there's still a side of me that might just do it. And so there's just those moments where I feel like, like I, I mean, I can just relate to that. Maybe you can relate to that. 
Or yes, I trust God, but, but do I really? And I'm just not sure about maybe there or here. And the little softballs are okay, but as it starts to get harder, more intentional, more focused, more dialed in, it, it gets to be more difficult. To the point where I say yes, I trust him with my lips, but does my life and heart reflect that? And especially in areas where I'm maybe not so sure of, or maybe areas that are more vulnerable, or maybe areas that are more difficult. Like, dear God, if I, if I said that, or if I acted like that, or if I, if I went down that road, or if I did that, what, what would people think? What would they say? When all the while, the only opinion that really matters is his. And, and it's easy to stand up here and say that, and that's the right thing to say. In the right, but in the moment of that, and what do I do? And so I just, like I said, I, I want to I press that on us over the next couple weeks. Do you trust God? I mean, really, really trust him. To the point of giving him everything, that you will do whatever he asks you, whatever he asks me, whatever he asks us as the people of God to do for him and his glory. Do you really trust him? To the point of there's no restraints, no holding back. You hand him to the keys to every door of your heart and say, you go through and do what you need to do. You lead and push and press wherever you need to. And, and so I just believe a, a good verse for us to just venture and look at this morning and it just kind of sums up the Bible's teaching on trust is here in Proverbs 3, 5. And let's look at, look, look at what God's word says. It says this, the, the, the author says this, Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I mean, it's the first thing we're to do, right? Trust in the Lord. We're, we're to trust him. Not our knowledge, not our feelings, not our desires, and definitely not the world's wisdoms and ways. We're to trust what? The Lord. Why? Because he alone is trustworthy. I mean, we can trust him. He's proved himself over and over and over. I mean, his word is trustworthy. Psalm 93.5 says this. It says, your decrees, your very word, what you've spoken out are very trustworthy, it says. It says, holiness benefits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Psalm 111.7 says this. It says, the works of his hands are faithful and just. His precepts are trustworthy. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. So, so there's going to be gain. There's going to be a benefit to it. It's profitable what, for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness. Why? That the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I mean, that's the promise that's made in the scriptures. That's what God's word is going to do. So he, his word is trustworthy. We can trust God's word. What he says, he means. He doesn't lie. He, he doesn't just say something for the sake of saying something. It doesn't get a little too awkward for him. He's like, oh, I need to do something now in this moment because it's awkward. And, I'm, and that doesn't happen with him just to flippantly say something. He's very intentional in what he says. Another thing is this, his nature is faithful and true. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says it like this. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps the covenant and his steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. He's faithful and true. That's his nature. That's his character. Psalm 145, 13 says this. It says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. I mean, I mean, think about it. Church, we're here today. In this location, this place. Why? Because he was faithful back then. 
I mean, our story aligns with the stories of Scripture, with the men and women of Scripture. We're here today because of what they did, because of God's faithfulness to them. It rings true. We can trust His character. He's faithful. He's true. That's who He is. His plans for us are perfect and purposeful. Isaiah 46.10 says this, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. He is going to accomplish, not might, or I'll try to get around to it, or if things don't get too difficult. I mean, it is 2021, you know, like we've just been through some stuff, and God's like, um, no, no, no. He says, it will, I will accomplish all my purpose. And then we've got scriptures like this, Romans 8, 28, and we know what? We know that for, for those who love God, that's the first thing. This is the promise made for those who love God, for those who are his. Paul says this, for those who love God, all things. What things? All things. Even the bad things? Yes, even the bad things. The good things? Yes, even the good things. The, uh, th- yeah, even the other uh, things. All things do what? They work together what? For good. For those who are called according to his purpose. The promise is made for those who love God. All things work. God is doing a work. Even in the difficulty, God always has a purpose for everything he allows to happen in this world and in your life. It's not a fourth quarter Hail Mary. He doesn't haphazardly do something or allow something. He is very much in control even in the chaos, even in the heartbreak and the hurt, your current situation, sickness, loss, whatever it may be is for a greater purpose. And I want to be gentle saying that, knowing that there's hurt in the room, knowing that there's difficult days in the room. But I would also be amiss if I didn't challenge you and impress you that, man, God has got a purpose even in that. And he is working and doing and accomplishing something far greater than we could ever imagine. And I stand here as a guy that's been cut before. I've stand, I stand here as a guy that has lost immensely before. See, it's in those times, those times of sting and hurt that God is working and doing the deepest and greatest work in us, I believe. I can't remember which great theologian it was that made this comment, but he said that for, for, for those who God uses greatly, he wounds deeply. And there's times where God just has to cut away and God has to get rid of and God has to do what to focus us on him to help us be able to better relate, to help us to be more dependent, to help us run back to our source. He's always got a purpose. And then just think about it, and I've talked about this before, but just just think about for a moment who God is. I mean, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. There's nothing that thwarts his power. There's nothing that overthrows him. There's nothing that frustrates him. There's nothing that stops him. There's, There's nothing that slows him down ever. It can't, because he's all-powerful. The the most powerful thing in the world woefully fails. And the reason why it doesn't is because he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows what happens tomorrow. He knows what happens two weeks from now. He he knows what happens three months, three years, whatever. He he knows what's going to happen next. He's the author of it, the author and perfecter. He's, He's in the midst of it. He's all-knowing, but he's also omnipresent everywhere at all times. So he's already there tomorrow in the midst of it, ready to walk with us through it. That's who our God is. 
So the first thing that it says here is to trust in the Lord. We're not to trust in ourselves because our understanding is temporal, right? We're finite. We're tainted by the bent of fleshly desires. But he's not. He's there in the midst of it. He knows. And so we can trust him with all of our heart, every ounce of who we are, committing every aspect of our lives to him completely in confidence. Whether that be work, family, kids, spouse, sickness, heartbreak, disappointment, victories, you name it. God is in the midst working and doing and he is faithful and we can trust him. We can be confident in and lean in on. I mean, he's proved himself over and over and over, has he not? I mean, have you read the scriptures? Have you seen the train wreck of people in there and he still continues to bless and move? Still. I mean, I just think all of a sudden, I mean, I just think of the story of Joseph in Genesis, right? What does he do? He's the youngest of the brothers and what, what he goes out and he tells his brothers of this great dream that he has and one day they'll be bound down to him. And, and I don't, like I'm the older brother in my family and I still probably wouldn't tell my sister that because she would like pop me and just, and so I, so I, I get the story. A little runt, who do you think you are? And so they want to kill him, but thank goodness one of them says, no, no, let's don't do that. Let's just, let's just do it through him here and, this, and then we'll wait and then here, and they end up selling him into slavery. And he goes and while he's there as a slave, what happens? He goes into the house. She has a little like, look for Joseph. Man, that boy, he fine. But Joseph, he, he was a godly man, wasn't he? Man, he was a godly man. And so he wouldn't bend or break. What does she do? He, he, he wouldn't give in. And so she grabs his clothes and he runs off. When her husband comes home, look, look what your servant did. When in that day, he should have been put to death. They didn't play. They didn't play. Every right to put him to death and be done with him. Throws him into prison. But God promised him this. God said this to him. God told him, no, you, I'm going to use you in a mighty way for my people. He's in prison. What happens? We have the cupbearer and we have the baker. And they have these dreams. And God just so happens to use Joseph to decipher what the dreams are. And so he does it and the cupbearer gets out. The baker, not so much. And what happens? The cupbearer's back in the kingdom. Yeah, Joseph, I, I won't forget you. I'll promise. I'll remember. I'll, get, I, I'll put in a good word for you up in the, in the palace. And what happens? He forgets, doesn't he? Until the king starts having this crazy dream. And then finally it comes to memory. Oh yeah, there's this guy back in prison. He can, he can help you out a little bit. He can. Here comes God again. And finally what happens? He tells the story. He interprets the dream. God, you, God didn't forget about him. God used him. Well, because God is trustworthy and faithful even in the midst of craziness, even in the midst of hecticness, even in the midst where it seems like he's forgotten. Or God, don't forget we, we can trust him. We can lean in with everything that we have on him. And God uses Joseph in a mighty, mighty way. What? To preserve his people. To rescue his family. Because what a great famine hits. And he told the king. And what did they do? They, they stockpiled and they, they worked and they did. And when that great famine happens, his brothers come. And his brothers didn't recognize him. And he shows himself finally, the, the end of the story, he finally shows himself to be who he was. And God uses him to rescue his family and to rescue God's people. God is faithful and trustworthy and we can, we can bank on that. So what Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord how with all of your heart, every ounce of your being and do not lean on your own understanding. 
And so what I believe that this means is just to make a conscious effort not to be self-reliant. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't be self-reliant. To say to yourself, self, you're inadequate. Brain, you can't come up with enough wisdom on your own. We have to turn away from self-reliance, from self-independence. I mean, dang, isn't that hard today? I mean, we live in the U.S. of A., for goodness sakes. I mean, we've worked hard. We've, got, we've done the research. We've done all of this stuff. We, we have persevered. Can't nobody tell us nothing. We, we know everything. We're the smartest. We're the greatest. We're the biggest. And not to mention, we live in a day where information is just the tips of our fingers. I mean, I could throw out a question right now, and within three seconds, we could have an answer. I mean, a question that we don't even know, a ridiculous type question, and within <clears throat> three seconds, we can do a search, and we would have as many answers as we would need in that moment. So do you see how easy it is to lean on your own understanding? <clears throat> see how easy it is to be self-reliant and self-dependent? How easy it is to be so educated and in the know? Not to mention how the world just thrusts that upon us, does it not? How it just thrusts it upon us, man. Be self-reliant, uh, uh, be self-know, know and, and teach and learn. You have all this right here. You, you, don't, you don't need anything else. You don't need anybody else. You don't need to, you don't need to do that. Just trust this flippantly. And God would say, no, trust him. Lean, lean in on him. Bank on him him. And, and I don't believe that this means that we're just to not think and don't plan or don't do. It just means we don't bank on it. Proverbs twenty-one thirty-one says this. It says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. So, so there's this work and preparation that is put in, but there's this understanding that it's God's victory that it's God who accomplishes and it's God who, who does. See, even in the midst of our planning and thinking and using our minds, we're leaning in on something else, someone else. We're not leaning in on our own resources. I, I don't care how awesome you think you are, how strong, smart, gifted, it's the Lord who provides and allows. And that's who we lean in on. That's where we put our trust. That's where we put our reliance and our dependence is on God. Not on self. And so as I wind down this morning, <clears throat> I just really feel like that's where God was pressing me. In, in this time away, this time of praying, just reading the scriptures and being in his word and just searching and looking and asking him to, uh, to, to reveal and asking him to, uh, to, to draw me closer and asking him to just man, do a work in my heart and my life. <clears throat> I just felt him ask me that question. And this is my practice, <coughs> is that whenever I feel like God tells me something or says something to me or presses something upon my heart, whenever I feel like that's going on and that's happening, and there's people in my life that I trust and I journey with, and I ask them to join me to pray, and I ask them to, uh, to press on me to make sure that this is God's voice and not Scott's voice, because I don't know about you, but the practice in my life has always been to try to do that, because sometimes my voice can sound very much like God's. Because my desires can be, um, uh, can sometimes kind of overpower his in the moment. I mean, I'm still fleshy, y'all. I'm just, I'm just being honest, right? And so what I try to always do is have people in my life that are going to shoot straight with me, that are going to be honest with me, that, that, that one are for me and care for me and love me enough to tell me the truth for the real reason of pressing me more towards God and not towards whatever else. 
And so before I stepped away five weeks ago on a sabbatical, man, I just asked you to be praying. I asked you to pray. That there was something that I just like feel like God's put on my heart, that there's something that, that he may be leading us into as a church, that there's, that there's something coming. And I'm not 100% what that is or what that will look like. I'm starting to kind of see some things with that. And, and I'm not going to tell you today what it is. Ah. But I feel like that day's coming. I, I feel like that day is approaching. And I, I believe that this is one of the the, the big things, the big reasons. And I just feel like something that maybe I was made aware of a little bit more while, while I was away. And it's this cute little Bible Belt Christianity. Church, that day's fleeting. That day that we're in the South, God bless, hallelujah, amen, is about gone. And I just want to say thank God for that sweet gift. <gasps> he did not. Because just because you're in the South and you went to church and you know a little bit about Jesus does not make you holy and godly and make you any better than any other part in this country. Thank you. That was a good amen place. And, and I know the Ben is like, oh, those people are moving here. And thank the Lord that they are because we are stuck up and we need those people to come here and just show us some of that stuff. That would have been another good place for an amen. You'll, you'll catch on. And we need to get over the, those people. No, they're not those people. We're all people. I don't care where you, like, you know, like I'm one of those people. I'm from West Virginia. And I know we're kind of stuck there in the middle and confused about some stuff. But we're from the north, even though we don't park our car in the yard. I mean, how ridiculous is it that we do that stuff? That we draw those divides? But again, what I believe that that has done is it's going to open up our eyes to some things. It's going to show us some stuff, and it's going to help us understand greatly so much more what God's heart is and what it's about. Because my fear is the church has kind of gotten stuffy and stuck up, and it's kind of me and my four and no more kind of mentality. And I think God's doing a great work even in the South, to kind of show us and help us understand that. And, and what I've learned sometimes is that if, when God tells you and tells you and tells you to do something, you don't do it, then, he, then he's going he's to help you see that you need to do it. Like remember in the book of Acts? Hey, go make disciples of all nations is what, what the Lord told them. And they're kind of just there chilling in Acts, doing their thing. And at one point, they're even gazing up, like watching. And they was like, what are, are y'all doing? What, what are you looking up for? Go, get, get with it. I know a lot of paraphrasing this morning. Just, just hang with me. Uh, and they just kind of go back to doing their thing. And then what happens? Persecution comes upon the church. And what? Boom, they scatter. Thank God for persecution. Because it gets our attention. When we get uncomfortable, our attention is God, doesn't it? So may we get uncomfortable. May our attention be, be grabbed. May we see that. And so I just, I mean, I just, I guess stepping back for a little bit and seeing and having some conversation and, and, and things like that. And like, I, I got to go visit um, uh, the school, one of the schools that we do the backpack ministry for. And I got to talk to the principal for a minute. And, and she was just talking to me about how, uh, how many people are moving from, uh, from the north and, and even out on the west coast, California. I mean, we're getting Californianized. I mean, how cool is that? Oh, Scott, you did not. I mean, we could use a little something over here to shake us up a little bit. And so we're getting, we're getting, and if you're from there, thank God, because I'm, I'm a transplant too, so I don't want to try to divide or upset, but, but I mean, new perspective is not a bad thing, because usually what happens is when someone new moves in, 
we're made aware of some areas maybe we're not as good as we thought we were. I mean, have you ever noticed that? Like when someone in the church gets saved or, or, or like always like, like, like you're going to reach out to that community? Well, heck yeah, we're going to reach out to that community because that community needs Jesus just like your community just needed Jesus. Just like you, you were that community before Jesus. Heck yes, we're going to reach out to that community. But it's inner city and they, I don't care what they look like or smell like or act like. Well, they may knock a hole in the wall. We'll patch it. I've got guys in here who can patch it. Shoot, if they don't, I'll do it. I mean, we want to reach the world. We want to make God's gospel known. And so what we're seeing, I, I just believe that we're going to see that more and more and more. And if, if that's not enough, then this whole COVID thing, man, hasn't that given us an excuse to not do anything that we don't want to do? And, and I want to be gentle here. Hear my heart, please. But man, hasn't that been just the right excuse not to come to church? And, and I want to be very cautious and as gentle as I need to be, but I want to let the Holy Spirit do work if he needs to do work. And I'm not looking at it, and I'm not talking about it, and I'm not thinking about not one person in this room or outside of this room this morning. And, and I'm not downplaying the fact that we have lost tons of people to this horrific, horrific thing. And I'm just as mad as anybody else in the room because of that. And I'm just as heartbroken as anybody else in the room because of that. But man, isn't God gracious and good in showing us some stuff and making us aware of some things? This let's go to church on Sunday because that's what we're supposed to do in the South or because granddad or meemaw or mama and daddy did it is just about gone. This half-hearted, no commitment with a bit of lip service and no real desire for God is starting to be exposed and it's on its way out. And church, that excites me. That, that, you don't know how hard it is to pastor a church where everybody thinks that they're saved. Or pastor or just be a believer in a, in a state where everybody knows a little bit about Jesus so that automatically makes them in and good and they're, they're set. I mean, how do you tell saved lost people that they're lost? You don't. God does, but you live it out and you try to press and you try to... And so what's happening is, is that there's this great equalization. That half-hearted stuff is going to go. And it excites me because, because I think God's going to use us to do something in this community big for his glory and his honor. And church, the great news is we're created for a time such as this. I mean, we, we were built for this. Jesus says himself that the fields are wide into harvest. And I don't know if there's ever been a better time and the fields are, are as in front of us as we've ever, as ever as it is now. So as the band comes back up, Franklin is the band, I think, this morning. I believe God's doing a great work and he's going to expose and he's going to open up and he's going to use us in a mighty way to do some things. And I believe that day's coming where I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer and fasting and to see if this is the direction that God wants us to go, if this is what he wants us to do with us as a leadership of the church, bring before you and, and ask you to, to pray about some crazy things. Maybe some things outside of the box, some things that only he can accomplish. Because see, I don't know about you, but what I'm doing is I'm praying that God will do a work in us personally as well as corporately so big, so great, so crazy that the only explanation is this, is that, that it has to be God. It, it can't be because we were just smart enough or we happened to put it together as a good plan or we had enough money or we did, that, that we don't play it safe, that we, that we let him be God and, and do whatever crazy thing he wants to do in, in this church, in us, and in this community. 
Look, look, check, I think we showed this video a couple weeks ago, but I want to show it to you again. I mean, watch this for a second. Let's, let's talk for a second. Check this out. on campus Monday through Friday this entire summer kids from all over this community I was talking to Hannah this week and she said 38 kids have been registered back here for a summer camp 38 kids getting to hear the gospel week in and week out 38 kids getting to be poured into 38 kids getting loved on 38 kids getting to go out and do and that was just one of the events that we did with Covenant who was so gracious to us and been loving and caring and, and great and Covenant down there who's got their own after school their own summer camp all that stuff nursery daycare stuff and for us to get together and do a little field day and to, to mentor and help us along the, the beginning of the summer they, they let us have some of their workers for that first week because it was crazy and having enough and they said here, here take, take a few of our workers if you need them here how crazy is that? Uh, not to mention if we rewind to about December last year and how God just opened up doors and we had this idea and we began to pray about it. And, and now we've got two buses sitting out there that we get to tote these kids around to different places. We had $100,000 come in as a donation. I mean, how in the heck does that happen, God? And, and that's, that's what I love. I mean, we, let's brag the heck out of God. Yeah. Because what's so cool about that is simply this, is talking to Austin this week, we've had over five kids from that, that after, summer after school come to youth group. We had one go to camp a couple weeks ago. We had some at the lock-in uh, Friday night. I mean, you see, you see how this thing works? I mean, there's, there's many doors to this church. And then the conversations that I get to have with Hannah about, man, these families are looking for a church, they're looking for a place, they want to know more about this place, and why, why are we doing this? Why are we, and, and not to mention, like, the, what, we've got three, three families that we sponsored this year. They, they get to come, child care for free for the summer. I mean, who in the heck, who's doing that? God is. Yes. Man, man, that... Uh, that's what we want to do. We, we want to think outside of the box. How can we reach this community? How can we reach people? How can we share the love of Christ? How can we disciple and walk with? How can we pour into? And I believe that this after school ministry is just scratching the surface of what God's got planned for us here in this place. And I really believe if God will let us or if we'll stay out of his way and let him do what he wants to do, 
because what I know from reading scripture and one of my own life and what I've seen in the churches that I've been in, it's real easy to try to jump back out in front of him and assist him in places we don't need to. And hear me, this isn't some precursor for something crazy Scott's going to ask next week and let's take a vote and let's move on. No, no, no. I want us to be diligent in seeking the Lord and making sure. So there's nothing going to be flippantly done or just half-heartedly or just quickly done. I mean, there's some things I feel like we're going to be praying about in the near future that we're going to be asking God to do that is going to set the very course of the people that we're going to be in months, years to come. And so my question for you first, before we can ever get to that place, do you trust Him? I mean, do you trust Him with every area of your life? Every area. I don't know about you, but for me, when He starts asking me that question, it scares the mess out of me because I know what that means is there's some areas I'm probably going to have to work on that I'm going to have to hand over, that I'm going to have to relinquish my grips from and so I just encourage you this morning and pray ask God to show you those areas ask God to show you those places so what we're going to do now is we're going to we're going to end and this altar is open if you want to come pray if you need somebody to talk to Austin and I are here we would love to pray with you talk with you more if you don't know who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior that would be a great start, place to start we'd love to have more conversation about that but you do whatever God leads you to in this morning to do. But church, do you trust Him? Do you trust Him? Father, help us this morning in the midst of this word that you've given to trust you wholeheartedly. Father, I thank you. I praise you. God, that you have shown yourself to be true. It's not a blind trust. I mean, God, God, we've seen over and over and over that you are good and that you care for us and that you're going to move in a way that brings you glory and it's for our good every single time. So God, help us to rest in that reality. And we pray. Amen.